1: Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Holla talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well...
0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking rusty realtors, insurance issues, and equity expenditures.
1: That's right, man. These are the stories that we think you need to be paying attention to this week because they're the stories that are going to most directly impact your finances. they are going to force you to pay attention
0: <laughs> to them during this episode. You
1: need to pay attention to these things because these these are the things that impact your bank account. your spending, how much it is that you're able to save and invest. And real quick, for some folks out there, this actually might be uh, a repeat of information. Anybody who actually follows us on Instagram. But we wanted to mention that we won an award. Joel, you have... Uh, I'm not used to this... Trophy, this award, this plaque that now sits here
0: on a recording. Get table. Get actual hardware, <laughs> and so this is this is the Fleck Media Award. It's for financial literacy and education in communities, given to the How to Money podcast from the, the good folks over at Money Management International, which is a, a service we talk about a lot actually, a nonprofit mm-hmm. that helps people in in debt, credit card debt, and who need credit counseling. But uh, yeah, they gave us this little thing, man. It's kind of I don't know, it felt it felt really sweet to get that. It's earned its place uh, here on a recording table. <laughs> this. Pretty soon, <laughs> the Soul Award. Also, it sits there by itself. Yeah, <laughs> it's very lonely. So, uh, if someone if someone must give us like an Oscar or something like that. In addition to be it, nice. That be would nice. That would fit, fit okay. well.
1: So, this isn't like a real Friday Flight story. But did you see? Um, this is a total departure from awards <laughs> or anything like that. But uh did you see the the promotion that Subway was running? That if you legally change your name to subway yes that yeah
0: <laughs> which brought me that back you have a chance of winning uh, free subway for the rest of your life which made me think about one of my favorite tv shows community where subway comes on campus and there's actually a dude named subway and it's just, it's hilarious i but don't remember that episode hundred, well it was like multiple episodes they went it was this, a character like, a whole season yeah oh, shut up a character named subway so uh but yeah <laughs> who, th- who played the character i don't remember this, okay it, it was everybody. it was it was just a guy who's there for a few episodes such a great show such a day. great show but i don't remember that that series though. apparently ten thousand people were or at least were down for getting paid 10 grand <laughs> To legally change their name to Subway, I guess. Would, I do they get paid ten grand or is, is Subway for life? Oh, was it Subway for life? I thought I get paid too. No, no, but, no it's okay. like free sandwiches. Okay. Like <laughs> Maybe that's even more valuable. I don't know. I mean, yeah, depending it depends on how if, old you are and how many you, subs you
1: eat. But nineteen year old me would have <laughs> totally done that because I loved Subway when I was a kid. Like okay. specifically, late high school, early college, you couldn't keep me away from but Subway.
0: The, the question is, would forty year old Matt change his name legally for free subs?
1: I... I I don't eat Subway as much as I did in in my younger years specifically, but here's the thing. Though you might have to legally change your name, that doesn't mean that your friends have to call you Subway. Just because it says... Says it on your subway alt oh, mix ex- <laughs> on your driver's <laughs> license.
0: Doesn't mean that you have to refer to me as Subway, yes, right? right? So there, I feel like there's a there's a way around it. I feel like if it was a contest where you had to name yourself brisket uh, for a free barbecue, <laughs> I would totally do that. But I just am not Subway. You never know what's going to happen, not as happen fun with Subs.
1: You never know what's happened what's going to happen with the brand. Right. Well, like just think back to. So oh, I was gosh. a big fan don't of Subway
0: subway back before the whole Jared uh, like that dude, right? I watched like he the, kinda ruined it for me. I watched the beginning of that documentary and it was oh, devastating. I can't I couldn't keep going. Yeah, devastating. Yeah. So, uh,
1: so I don't know if I've ever shared this on the show before. Have I talked about how I used to jump behind the counter at subways?
0: Uh you, you you've never talked about this on the show, but you have mentioned it. I'll share me.
1: it really quickly, but I, I did this a couple times, but we would show up at a subway, there's like a bunch of us, there's like, say, one person working and they're just overwhelmed. All of a sudden, they've got a ton of footlongs that they they got <laughs> to make. And on more than one occasion, I was like, hey, do you want some help? I may have lied and said that I used to work at a subway, <laughs> and but... In, in both instances, they're like, oh yeah, sure. And so I'd put the gloves on, jump back behind the bar and start making sandwiches for my friends. They're cracking up because I think it's hilarious. It's because I was such a fan of Subway. I, I knew how to make all the sandwiches. I knew what <laughs> went on all the sandwiches. And I think in both instances, they let me walk out of there with a free sandwich. There you go. They're like, hey, don't don't worry about paying for yours. I appreciate the help. Now you yeah. and Subway are going to be in legal troubles <laughs> for that. But that is, it feels like something from a
0: bygone era. <laughs> I, I feel like that would not be allowed I think, today. I think it this highlights <laughs> is that both you and I are willing to go to kind of ridiculous lengths to save money sometimes. <laughs> well, makes, for a makes laugh. me think of, uh, of, or for a laugh, uh, for, of wrapping my car and how that people thought it was the goofiest thing. Except at, for the, you do that not when you were 18, but right. when you were 30. Exactly. <laughs> and people are like, what? Do you really, are you that hard up? And I'm like, no, I'm just willing to do like a, lot of, a lot of things to save or make a little bit of money, yeah. which I think is a good way to go through life like don't don't be too proud to do something silly to make a few bucks. all things considered yeah okay but let's move on to the friday flight matt to the real stories the real stories that we found interesting this week on the personal finance front and let's talk about jobs for a second the the job market is it's still great for basically almost everyone right unemployment levels remain near all-time lows there are apparently still 1.6 jobs for everyone who's hunting for one, which is good news for the economy and for workers across the country for wages and for the ability to go get a better job or a different job if they're if that's what they're you know going for if that's what mm-hmm. they're interested in. And uh, it's it's not blazing like it was a year ago, but workers still have a lot of leverage. It's right
1: not now. yeah, it's not two job openings for every uh, applicant right. for everybody that's looking for a job.
0: Yes, so it's that's died down a little peak. bit, but still workers are in control right now in in the job market. But there's one. Exception. And I found this interesting, Matt. It's a really bad time to be a realtor. In particular, stats show that there are something like two and a half realtors for every house that's currently on the market. <laughs> it's like the, yeah, the complete opposite yeah. of the, when the job market was booming last year. Right. It's like the ratio you normally want is probably the exact opposite. Like multiple homes for every realtor, but this is just not great news if you're a realtor currently. And it's even worse, by the way, if you're trying to break into the business if you're like, you know what, that's going to be my ticket to riches or, or my new my new job is is going into real estate. Well, realtors are hard up right now, and they have realtors, a realtors yeah. a tough time. And uh, uh,
1: programmers, software, well, just with AI and now yeah. that's putting the kibosh on hiring, at least in, well, the, in that sector as lenders well. Lenders,
0: too. Think about all the
1: people yeah. that were doing uh, home refinances and now they're not really doing it. Not anything. so much. Yeah, I saw that there are 600,000 more. Realtors than there are actual homes listed yeah, it's at the crazy. moment, which is insane. But this is, it's happening for a few reasons. One, there aren't many houses for sale. And, you know, with, with higher interest rates, folks are less likely, what they don't have a desire to move because they don't want to give up that sweet rate. We've talked about that. Uh, but secondly, a lot of realtors, they only dabble, right? They, they work part time. And some industries like this are more cyclical than others. It makes me think back to when I was a photographer. There are, a lot of photographers that just dabbled because the barrier to entry yeah. to get yourself a digital camera and take some pictures. That's that's fairly easy. It's a lot harder to make that a full-time gig like, like we did. But there's a lot of folks that would pick up the camera and shoot some, say, during the fall when family sessions are booming because folks are wanting to get those pictures taken for their Christmas card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the holidays coming up. But uh, what this means for for you as a consumer is that you need to be careful who it is that you choose to represent you within a, uh, a real estate transaction if you actually are buying a home because a bad or a rusty realtor, there you go, that could end up costing you money. A recent piece in Insider, it details how easy it is to become a realtor in many states. Again, the bar to entry is fairly low. It's like multiple choice Question test that you, you take. And What's two plus two? All certain, right, you you can be a realtor. It's, 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 not, not, that, that easy, it's not that easy. It's not that easy to all of our real <laughs> realtor <laughs> friends out there. Uh, but if you out for an agent who isn't at the top of their game, you could be getting subpar advice, which is going to cost you serious money in the home buying process the ideal choice is to find an agent who has been working in your neighborhood regularly for years. They know the ins and the nests. They know individuals. And they've obviously got rave reviews from friends and neighbors. That's the kind of agent that you want to be looking for, not somebody that you just whose name you just happen to see on a single sign. You see a name on a bunch of signs. That's good. But if you just happen to choose
0: a name because it sounds cool. (laughs) Uh, That's not how you want to go about it. That person goes to your church or you, if they don't do much business, then you probably want to go with a realtor who does more business. Not necessarily the person on the billboard. I wouldn't necessarily yeah, choose, yeah, yeah. choose that person either. Um, but yeah, I think you want to choose someone you'll no kind avoid, of in the middle You want to avoid the extremes. Yes, yeah exactly. Well and it just makes me think Matt, someone buying a home in your neighborhood right now, this was a it was an off market listing. Like it never actually made it to MLS and so the, the people who know about that stuff are the realtors who do a lot of business. And they might have A lead on deals that other realtors might not know about, and so who you who you choose to represent you matters. Uh, And by the way, speaking of realtors, uh, there have been a a bunch of lawsuits through the years that have been filed against the National Association of Realtors for essentially being a a monopoly, right? And and those are still working their way through the court system. But uh, if the plaintiffs win there's likely to be a massive shift in the way agents get paid, which we think would be a good thing. There are are some estimates that actually predict that consumers would save like 20 to $30 billion every single year. If this stranglehold, the 3% fee sort of payment system uh, Times two. Get struck yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. Six <laughs> percent. Exactly. And it's not that agents shouldn't get paid. Like, Matt, you and I, we use agents when we buy and sell homes, yeah. and we've had great experiences. We've got great agents that are, you know, they're worth a lot. Um, it's just that almost nothing else in the world works on a flat percentage fee like that, right? And this this system deserves a shakeup. So I would love, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting with bated breath to see what happens with some of these lawsuits, because it's going to be good for consumers if this model gets kind of torn us under.
1: Yeah. It, one of the like the, the NRA right, so the National Association of Realtors, the argument that they're you said making NRA,
0: you mean? Yeah, NRA. Oh, I'm sorry, NAR. <laughs> Those are two very, <laughs> very different, di- yeah, very different
1: groups of people. <laughs> but their argument is that it's the best model because some of the folks are advocating for like a flat fee, right? Just like okay, just say it's going to cost this much, and this is how much that you get paid. The argument against that is that well, there's a lot of folks who are have. Uh, less money, right? Like if you have a smaller smaller home or a home that's not going to sell for very much, they're not necessarily in a position to pay an upfront fee. And so, I, I mean, I think the percentage framework, I think that that can still work, but it's just, it's got to come down. Yeah. Like that's the biggest issue is that it is such, it's like six, you're paying 6% if you're selling your house and that is so much money. It makes me think back to, like financial advisors who have portfolios that they over, like the assets under management style or whatever. And like, that's even that you're looking at 1%. And with like ETFs and mutual funds, you've seen the expense ratios on those things come down over Mm -hmm. the years as technology has allowed individuals access directly to be able to invest. I'm actually kind of surprised that different platforms like Zillow, where folks are very comfortable going on there and searching themselves that they haven't introduced some sort of marketplace, yeah. that is able to eliminate so much of the middlemen when mm-hmm. it comes to the
0: ability to purchase a home, or in this case, selling a home without having to pay gigantic fees. Yeah. I mean, Redfin is trying to do that. They've been trying to break that 3% fee model, yeah. take it down to like one5 and 1% in some cases. But it's just hard when I there's the more folks will, MLS monopoly. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's true. Yeah, and and again, I don't want to shortchange realtors because there there's a lot of folks. This is the largest purchase that you ever make in mm-hmm. your entire life. And so there are a lot of folks who are really nervous about that. I understand that. And so the ability to have somebody who has done many many of these transactions to walk alongside you, to hold your hand, to provide that negotiating experience. Totally. There's there's so much value that they do bring. It's just that is it worth 6% and when you're right. talking about more expensive homes, that is a ton a ton
0: of money. For sure. Well, the other upside to reducing realtor fees, I think it would help lubricate the real estate market. Like Ooh, if, if, like if, it. if the price, the transaction costs go way down, people are going to be much more likely to sell their home, even if it means giving up a sweet interest but rate. And then, then does that all of a sudden
1: cause prices to go up even more? Who knows? <laughs> because,
0: yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, something else on the home homeowner front, homeowners insurance and listener Anastasia. She sent us an interesting article last week about insurance specifically in the state of Florida. And, but I think there's something that we can all take away from the article that, that she sent over. First, Florida and California are two of the biggest states in the nation. And these are the two that are both losing insurance companies, which is going to drive up costs in both of those states on insurance. And uh, the reasons why are completely different though, right? Uh, This might be the most simplistic explanation ever, but insurance companies are bowing out of doing business in Florida because of the increased risk they endure, largely because of hurricanes. Yeah. and
1: Honestly, I don't think that's oversimplifying. Like literally it's what is it a peninsula like sticks out there sure out in the ocean like a big finger
0: out in the ocean (laughs) right in the uh, eye of the ocean hurricanes love to just cut that corner they do that's what happens it's true and yeah and so florida homeowners they already pay some of the highest home insurance prices in the nation and they're likely to get even higher as companies reduce their presence issue fewer policies cancel some of the policies that they currently have with consumers or or maybe they just like leave completely they skedaddle they're out of there
1: yeah yeah the insurance companies they've been losing money for years in florida it's kind of been a like a lost leader in a sense uh, for the for those businesses. That not really leading to anything but more losses. <laughs> <That is true. laughs> but California, it's another story. Insurers are leaving there because they're they're also dealing with large payouts, mainly due to the risk that wildfires pose. I saw that in the past five years, something like thirty nine thousand homes have been destroyed due to fires. Wow, that is so. I had a hard time understanding. Like, okay, is that a lot of homes, or maybe that's not that many. There are eighty thousand single family homes in the city of Atlanta, so wow. it, it's almost as if half of Sherman came marching wow, <laughs> like yeah. through and just like burned up half of the city. But as many insurance companies are looking for for reasons to cancel policies, they're like so they're even using drones. Uh, to identify trouble spots on different properties to, to generate reasons for cancellation that's a bit extreme it's a bit ridiculous of course uh, but it's, but it's true <laughs> insurance companies are doing that uh, but a big problem is that the state they are refusing to let these insurers increase premiums on homeowners which will of course is going to decrease competition because these insurers are pulling out altogether and it's going to lead to a more strained insurance market within the state of California that's an perfect example of government policy completely backfiring. And instead of
0: helping those that they're seeking to protect, like it's literally causing them more yeah. harm. The insurance companies are saying, no, 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 look, look at the numbers. Uh, we are losing money. I think allstate just had their credit rating downgraded kind of like the united states just had their credit rating downgraded last week as a country like allstate just did and so insurance are insurance companies are facing tough times they're trying to increase premiums to make up for the losses they're experiencing but and when if, but if you can't do that right what do you say you say all right well then we're gonna pull yeah providing coverage within the state we'll write more policies in idaho i guess or something like that i don't it, know but
1: yeah like the, the, the number of uh insurance companies in, in florida that that left it's it's, it's staggering i couldn't believe it yeah. like in the the past 18 months, I think it's like 15 stopped writing new policies in Florida. Uh, three of them just said, yeah, we're out of here altogether. And like a bunch of others just went bankrupt. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they
0: were insolvent. So I guess first off, just I don't know, emoji tear face for people in California and in Florida it is difficult to own. It, there it's for tough. Sure. It's really, really tough. And there's no easy solution. But in general, right? Even not in those two states, prices for insurance have gone up quite a bit, right? The cost of supplies and labor have risen a whole lot over the past few years. And that means that repair bills, right, when a claim gets filed are more substantial. I think about, Matt, the tree growing through our house. We're we're finally just about... The dumpster gets taken away today. Ooh, like, yeah. Very nice. I know. Our neighbors... <laughs> You're going
1: to be able to get your garage back. I know. That's honestly the biggest downside of having
0: that dumpster. Though. True. Our neighbors are going to be thankful, too. Like, well, they'll like us more now uh, that we don't have a dumpster. Like, driver. glad we don't have a rat problem anymore. But, <laughs> but to add to the the pricing problem, right? Home values have increased substantially too. It's been a perfect storm that's uh, led to these increasing insurance rates and coverage is getting more sparse, right? The, these insurers are saying, well, "Okay, well, if I have to write the policy, well, then I'm just not. I'm going to write less favorable terms for the consumer. Uh, the coverage is going to be smaller, and that's the only way you're going to be able to maybe not see a massive increase in your premiums. It's just not easy right now, right? And so it's regardless of where you live shop around if you're looking to hit the easy button just enter your information over at policygenius.com get some quotes from insurance companies they work with or you can always reach out to an independent broker or agent over at trustedchoice.com as well that can be easy but don't don't take it lying down it's not easy to fight back against these price increases they're, they're happening no matter what but you still have a role. There's still something you can do to be able to save money while it's happening.
1: That's right. Well, we've got additional stories to get to, including Joel, whether or not we will be able to continue watching our favorite Disney Plus content. We'll get to that story plus others right after this.
0: AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP.
1: They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org
0: wisefriend.
1: Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day
0: free trial. All right, Matt, the Friday flight continues, and it looks like you might not be able to watch Encanto anymore soon. Talk about a spike in popularity and the
1: ensuing... Just decrease. Just, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you can't talk about Bruno. That was everywhere for, I know. what, three months? I haven't heard it in a while now, <laughs> but
0: I know you, the, the, the
1: fire kept lit, stayed lit for you the whole time. I you know, love that movie. We have enjoyed it. I will say Westy, our, our youngest, he recently discovered it. Like, over the summer, there's just there's more TV watching going yeah. on, let's be honest, And when, when they're not in school, and... And he was walking around singing, we don't talk about Bruno, uh, (laughs) even
0: though he didn't even say it right. (laughs) It's only three, but that's awesome. All right. Let's get to our ludicrous headline of the week before we get to that story. And this one comes from Investment News and listener Gabe sent this one our way and it reads, stop contributing to IRAs and 401ks. No wonder Gabe said this one our way. This doesn't, is... Doesn't sound like the kind of kind of advice that we would give. Sounds like financial malpractice. But, uh, you know, we've had listeners, by the way, Matt, before, especially participating in the How to Money Facebook group, who are really, really into real estate investing. And they made similar claims. They were like, why would you... That was their argument. Put money in that scam 401k or IRA when you could, you know, triple what you're going to make by investing in real estate. And you and I, we're not uh, against real estate investing. In fact, we'll talk to somebody next week who is like one of our favorite real estate investor influencers, uh, creators out there. But why would a semi-respectable site that writes about investing really want the masses to stop contributing to their retirement accounts completely, right? It, It turns out, no, that's not what they're after. They were just going for a shocking headline, which... That's the internet these days. Surprise, surprise. Right? But the main gist of this article, we we actually agree with, right? They basically wanted folks to know that Roth accounts are better than traditional accounts for most Mm -hmm. folks. They don't want you to contribute nothing. They just want you to instead funnel that money into the Roth, all those contributions, send them into the Roth 401k and IRA. Instead of the traditional versions, you'll be much better off.
1: Yeah, yeah. The beauty of the Roth IRA. We'll link to that in our show notes. But it's a silly headline, but they're spot on. We have been all about Roths basically since since day one for most people. Uh, because, I mean, the downside, yes, you miss out on the tax break now. But given where tax rates are, when we take a look back at history, they're actually fairly low. And given our country's current fiscal situation, and we, we talked about this last week, tax rates are very likely going to be going up come end of 2025. And in addition to switching those contributions from traditional to Roth, it actually might even make sense for some people to come up with a Roth, uh, a Roth conversion strategy for the money that they currently have sitting within a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k account. You do need to be strategic about this because of the the tax consequences. Like m- once you make that conversion, the taxes are going to be due. Because bas- yeah. of course, those, were, those accounts were funded with pre-tax dollars. And so by moving it to a post-tax
0: account, well you got to get taxed. That's, yeah. Don't hear us <laughs> saying taxed. that te- Roths are so much better that you should go and, and convert 200K in IRA money right now to traditional IRA money to Roth money that, because... Yeah. Y- Huge tax bill if you got, you got a plan, to plan, Yeah. It takes a lot of planning <laughs> to get this right and you might find that you don't have the money to pay the tax man when that happens. pay the piper. Yeah, it's typically something that you want to do gradually. And honestly, we
1: we should maybe work on a um, Roth conversion or a Roth conversion ladder article up on the site because it can get confusing. But this is how, if you are into early retirement, this is how you're able to tap those retirement dollars early by setting up a a Roth conversion ladder. So basically, by moving it from one of those pre-tax accounts like a 401k or traditional IRA and moving it over to a Roth IRA, uh, you're able to tap those funds because they count as quote-unquote contributions from those other accounts as long as you've got to wait five years. But after those five years are up, You have access to that money or that money can just sit there and continue to grow tax free. You withdraw it tax free, but also if you want to pull it early,
0: it's penalty free as well. Right. I think the biggest takeaway, though, is for listeners who say, oh, I love getting the tax break. It's so fun, so nice, but that you're going to pay the tax at some point Mm -hmm. and you might pay at a much higher rate in the future. And so taking the Roth in the hand right now is for a whole lot of folks, not for everyone, but for a whole lot of folks is the better choice. Even though it means paying more in tax today, it's going to mean a whole lot less tax in the future. That's what we believe. Yep. And it's also true in a lot of ways too. Just, well, I don't know. It's complex. We'll we'll, we'll leave it there for now. (laughs) All right. But let's talk about streaming for a second, Matt. Disney Plus and Hulu are about to start charging people more money. Ad-free versions are going up uh, in price in October by twenty-seven percent and twenty percent respectively. So it's not just a tiny little bitty hike to keep up with inflation. It's like a no, That's time to turn on the hike. the earnings spigot for the for Disney, right? And yeah. so that means that Disney Plus has doubled in price since it launched just a few years ago. Not only that, though, they're taking a page out of the Netflix playbook and they plan to crack down on password sharing. So you and I, we currently share this Disney mm-hmm. Plus login so you can watch Encanto with your son. <laughs> but if the prices go up and we can't share, I feel like Disney's on the chopping block for us, right? It's a different proposition. It's like a double price increase.
1: Well, in one of the reasons they're doing this, their plan previously was expanding to other additional markets. But that's really, really expensive and it's... Some of those subscribers don't stick around either. And so they're trying to squeeze more money out of their existing customers, Mm -hmm. you and me, uh, (laughs) because they're counting on consumer inertia, like uh, status quo bias kicks in and you think, well, I don't want to do this. We do not want you to be like those individuals who are just like, oh, well, it's already set up. I don't want to have to create a new password if I want to resubscribe that whole thing. No. No. If you are not getting the value out of this thing,
0: yeah, like you said, it should be on the chopping block. Yeah, and I know there's a new half season of Bluey, and it's it's great, And but... Has it already come out? Yeah, I think it okay. came out, yeah. I, I th- thought they both came out over the summer. Did uh, one come out at oh, the ca- end
1: of the summer? I don't know. That's a good question. The, I know the, some came the, out, The kids but. watched... I, dude, I wish I had
0: enough time to sit down it's with so the funny. kids and watch Bluey because it's the best kids show. Yeah, it really by is. By far. It really is. But here's the thing. My kids might be, you know, crying into their <laughs> blankets because they might be upset that there's no more Bluey. Loyalty is going to cost you, right? And like we always say, you can cancel and you can always subscribe again later. So, uh, yeah, if there's a specific show you want to watch, sign up and then cancel after you've watched it. Be strategic. Just, yeah, don't be loyal just because for the sake of loyalty. It's every As all of these streaming services continue to just massively increase what they're charging, it's I mean it's starting to feel on par with, if not exceeding, what cable bills used to be.
1: That's right, man. Uh, all right, let's talk about some credit card debt, because we have officially hit the $1 trillion in credit card debt mark. This is actually, we kind of jumped the gun slightly on this, like maybe a couple months ago, and we were talking about this. It wasn't official from the Fed yet, but we knew we were there. Yeah, we knew what was happening. <laughs> and of course, this, this headline number is not great, $1 trillion, but it's also maybe not as bad as, as you might think. Consumer debt, it is still below the US norm actually. Uh, credit card debt, it's actually just 6% of the total de- uh, deposits that households have in the bank, which is basically the lowest percentage in the past 20 years. Uh, it was actually double that 20 years ago. So I'm playing devil's advocate here. <laughs> that was the, the the arguments saying, hey, it's not that big of a deal. Here's the thing, the biggest spending areas that have led to this balloon in overall credit card spending and, and debt, are dining, travel, and experiences. And last I checked, these are all optional categories. We're going into debt for wants, not needs and there is nothing wrong with the credit card itself it's a tool we are huge fans of using credit cards for the different rewards and points that they provide but it is how you use it and if you can't pay off the balance on time and in full every single month we want you to stop using it yeah if
0: you keep bashing your finger with the hammer stop using the hammer right yes. same thing with the credit card
1: yeah and and again with with interest rates continuing to rise all across the board on with with everything we're seeing credit card debt being even worse for you than the normal. And I wonder, because I recently, I've only ever had one credit card on my um, my Apple Pay within mm-hmm. my wallet, but I recently said, "Why? I need, I need to have all the cards in there. Uh, that way I can, if I don't happen to have my wallet, I don't want to be stuck using the one unoptimized card. I want to be able to funnel my spending the right way. I wonder if that has any sort of impact on individuals' usage as well, when you can just double click it and... You know, tap the phone. But regardless, yeah. it is becoming more costly if you are a
0: careless user of, sure. of your credit card. Yep, that's true. And late payments have gone up too, right? Which, which means those purchases are costing folks even more in interest and penalties than they were a couple of years ago. And this is good news for credit card companies, but it's just it's not for us as individuals. the 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 U.S. norm when it comes to handling debt is not that great. And so, if you're shooting to be normal, to be like everyone else, you're you're going to be in a bad financial spot, right? Uh, the average person. Has about six thousand dollars in recurring credit card debts, at an average interest rate of about twenty percent, which means they're paying twelve hundred dollars a year mm-hmm. just to be able to use that piece of plastic to just make purchases. Just the privilege of earning those points that maybe you're not even actually fully taking advantage right. of. <laughs> so it's my contention, it's our contention that normal sucks. Right. the The average person has very little saved, which sucks. And we talk about uh, talked about last week the average length of a car loan. It's really long, and we talked about the average price of a car and what people are paying now. It's a lot of money, and that's normal. But it shouldn't be normal. So, so don't base your goals on what the average American is doing with their finances. Based on don't don't do don't take your cue from what normal people or are doing. What the average American does. Yeah, because yeah. normal people are. You know, screwing over their futures for current consumption.
1: Yeah. The average American also throws away a third of all their groceries and watches seven hours of TV a day or something (laughs) like that. These are not things that that we we want you to do. We want you to be weird. Uh, But let's talk about a different kind of borrowing. Uh, Let's talk about taking money out of your home. As anyone who who wants to buy a home knows, it's uh, really expensive these days. Prices have gone up significantly over the past few years, especially. Interest rates as well, and this has created an affordability crunch. Uh, But if you bought a house between, let's say, 2009 to 2020-ish, or maybe 2021 after the the run-up, you've definitely accumulated a chunk of home equity. And some analysts out there are predicting that the next place that consumers are going to be tempted to grab money so that they can continue to spend in a way that they've become accustomed to, right? Spending on uh, dining, travel, and and experiences is that they're going to end up tapping the equity in the form of a cash-out refinance, or maybe a HELOC, or a home equity loan. These are all Forms of borrowing that we're almost scared because there's a large amount of money sitting there, lock, you know, in the piggy bank of your home. Yeah. and if folks turn to that with dollar signs in their eyes and they're thinking, "Oh, I want to continue this this luxury living that I've I've been accustomed been
0: accustomed to," uh, it could lead to some bad things for sure. Yeah, taking out that money can can lead to a lot of financial heartache, a lot of financial difficulty. And the total mortgage debt right now in the country stands at something like $12.5 trillion, but there's almost $30 trillion in home equity. And so, it starts to get tempting, right? You Like you said, Matt, you see dollar signs, it, it, it starts to get like... It oh, starts to swell a little yeah. bit. It's like bursting up the seams. You're like, my savings account's low, but my HELOC is fat, so maybe <laughs> I should grab some of that. And uh, But a cash-out refi is a bad idea for almost everyone with a low mortgage rate right now. You're giving up something great, that you have locked in for a whole lot of years, you're giving up the equivalent of a, a luxury item for a uh, jalopy, right? That's, that's what's happening in financial you, terms. Yeah, yeah <laughs> if you trade in your 3% mortgage for a 7% just because you want access to that cash, that's a that's a terrible idea, it, right? it's, it's
1: as if you won the, the prize of free Subway for life. Right. And you're like, I'm just tired of my name being Subway. I don't want the free sandwiches anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, don't cha- get, and changing your name to brisket. Don't don't give those <laughs> sandwiches up. Unless that means free barbecue, in which case it's a smart move. Would you do it for just a chance of free barbecue, though? Um, no, no. You, no keep the, you keep the bird in the hand. Yeah. But but most folks should avoid the temptation to use those funds to fuel their consumption, right? Homeowners are, are they're in a pretty solid position right now you <laughs> But it's easy to undo that by treating your home like an ATM by by snagging those funds and doing dumb stuff with them. If you're if you're like making home upgrades, that's one expense that can make real sense with some of those funds. But don't over leverage yourself while using that home equity line of credit. And and one additional caveat, by the way, opening a HELOC can function like a backup emergency fund. We think it, that homeowners should, in all likelihood, most of the time, have a HELOC on hand. It's nice in the case of emergency. But it's like uh, but, but it's the same thing as like glass in case of emergency yeah. you don't grab that hatchet or the, the fire extinguisher out unless it really is a fire and so uh, uh you don't want to concoct a fire in your mind <laughs> to grab the funds uh only if it's a real emergency does it make sense to actually draw that down
1: yeah that's right and this way is just like a credit card it's a tool it comes down to how it is that you use it but buddy that's going to be it for our friday flight We hope everyone has a fantastic weekend, and we will see you back here on Monday. We've got a great listener questions episode lined up for you. You can find the different stories and any resources that we mentioned up in the show notes for this episode at howtomoney.com. Buddy, that's going to be it for this one. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out.
0: you sent off today.